Welcome to Faith Meets Mental Health Podcast, a ministry of Fraser Church. This week you will hear from a panel of mental health professionals who spoke on how to find hope at the May 6th Mental Health Summit at Fraser. You'll hear from Dr. Matthew Sleeth, a former emergency room physician who now writes about faith and health, me, Kim Boswell, Alabama State Mental Health Commissioner, Dwayne Rimbert, founder of Flatline Movement, created to see the hope of Jesus move by discipling students and introducing them to Christian hip-hop, and Jeff Hand, co-founder of Fisher Farms, a residential discipleship home that exists to serve people of all backgrounds who struggle with addiction of drugs, alcohol, and other life-dominating sins. Kim Class, Frazier's Director of Communication, is the panel's moderator. We're going to end up answering the question, how do we find hope? But we're going to start with, why is addressing mental health important in the church? Whoever wants to start. Okay, well, uh, (laughs) amazing, these folks, uh, but I'll go ahead and start. You know, for me, as the mental health commissioner, one of the things that we've had a lot of conversations about is who are people talking to and who are those trusted individuals when they're having a mental health issue? Who do they go to? And so having folks in the church community who are knowledgeable and know where the resources are is just so important to us in terms of intervening early Uh, So often in my world, I see folks who don't seek help until they're in a mental health crisis. And so a big part of what we've been doing over the last couple of years is really trying to find those folks who are trusted individuals that folks will go and talk to and educate them about mental health so that folks don't have to wait until they're in a mental health crisis. Often they burn bridges with family. There are so many things that can happen if they wait until they're in crisis. And so a lot of what we want to do is get to people as early as we can so that they can get help and really resolve those issues before they wind up in a mental health crisis. I think um, the gospel just applied rightly, uh, like the doctor said, it um, applied rightly is to the mind, the body, and the soul. So I think when we think about how we help people in the church and doing um, transformative gospel ministry, we have to address those three parts of us. And so I think the church, you know, if you look throughout history, we've uh, for the most part done that well. Um, So I think when you think about how um, the church today should do gospel ministry, um, it's, it's addressing those three things and understanding that those three things are important. Well, yeah. Well, absolutely. Um, especially as a pastor, I think we um, definitely need to, like it was said already uh, multiple times on the platform today, that Christ came and died for the whole man. And I said this early in the interview, we can't be more spiritual than the Bible, you know, and um, 
being able to uh, realize this is as far as I can go right now, but God has also anointed and equipped people that can help peel back those layers that needs to be peeled back in people's lives. And if God has called us to be good shepherds, then we have to be good shepherds, truly be good shepherds. If we can't help at this moment, then we need to instruct and lead and guide our people to a place where they can really get the help that they need. And when you asked that question, I thought about not only talking about it, but acknowledging those people uh, who have been in the church who have struggled with mental illness. And I think of uh, Mother Teresa, uh, who struggled with depression. Uh, uh, Spurgeon was, uh, you know, dealing with depression a lot. Bach. Um, Handel, both of them uh, had uh, depression. Henry Nouwen has written about it. And, and I, I bring their names up um, that we remember them not for their disease, but we remember them for their contribution to the church and, and to building up the body of Christ. So just because somebody uh, lives with mental illness doesn't mean they can't actually be a pillar of the church. So I just want to point that out. I appreciate that. We all know that sometimes it's really hard asking for help if it's not a physical hurt that we feel. Um, so what are some ways that we can help reduce the stigma around asking for help? All right, I see everybody looking over here. But <laughs> All right, well, we have to take the lead in it. Uh, and I'm, again, I'm speaking from a pastoral uh, place. Uh, we have to use the platform that God has given us to let people know that it's okay. You know, we have to take the lead in that and make it comfortable for people to know that you can still be saved and at the same still be saved, still be in love with the Lord and still have uh, issue, mental issues that you need outside help from. Now, not outside of the body, just outside of the, the, uh, the church building. So that's a lot of time it's going to be up to the leaders, you know, for us to step up and make it a safe place because God has given us uh, some uh, quite a, you know, influence and authority. So people listen to us. So we just have to be good stewards over that uh, space that God has given us and be good shepherds that by letting people know this is okay. This is biblical, you know. I really think... Um helping all of us understand that um, our mental health is just like our physical health. And we're all sort of very educated these days about our physical health. Uh, most of you probably got on a scale this morning and weighed, or if you haven't, you've done that in the last week. Uh, you know if your blood pressure's up, you need to take blood pressure medication. If you have high blood sugar, you know what you need to eat. Um, I would love to see us get to a place to where we look at mental health the same way. Uh, and, and I do think a spiritual connection is such a big part of that uh, because there are so many things going on in a given day. And uh, I was sharing with someone earlier, uh, getting a handle on your mental health and kind of where you are in that moment and really being able, uh, and I often think of it in terms of the 12 steps, 
uh, in the job I do every day, if I don't get up and surrender my day to God, I'm in pretty big trouble from the get-go. Uh, so I think really connecting that kind of surrender uh, to God, to your mental health, and to your stress level is important. And then really understanding enough about your mental health that you know when you need to seek help, that you know, you've sort of done all the things that you can do. And it's really the theme that came across this morning with the speakers earlier, did such a great job describing that. Uh, but I really do think we have to be as educated about our mental health, about the signs and symptoms, so that as soon as you identify that issue, you can seek help. Um, I think the gospel is one of the things that I thought about when um, the question was first asked. And what the gospel does is it levels the playing ground so that we understand that we all... Um, stand before God uh, needing help, needing a Savior, and uh, honestly, we're all messed up. And the church, I think, sometimes does a, doesn't do a very good job of, of uh, picturing that. Um, a lot of times we uh, give the picture of we have everything put together, um, and the reality is, if we're honest with ourselves, uh, we don't. Um, we don't have everything together, and if we did, Christ wouldn't have needed to come. So, yeah, I think the gospel, a good uh, just meditation on the gospel and a, a right thinking about the gospel helps take some of that stigmatism away because we know we are all sinners in need of a Savior. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> that was easy <laughs> for you. <laughs> Later this afternoon, we will hear from Krista Letson talk about boundaries in mental health. So I wanted to ask you on a personal level, how do you all find balance in a way that creates healthy boundaries? I'll grab that one first because for me, for the last uh, 20 years, uh, one of the most uh, beautiful boundaries has been one day out of seven devoted not to doing but to just being and uh, sabbath is the kind of thing that uh, you get better over time and that knowing that i can just set down all the worries um, and uh, and and move into this time of peace shalom has has just been a wonderful habit spiritual discipline, etc. Uh, the world is changing so fast. Uh, things are happening I didn't anticipate 10 years ago. Uh, but I, I know that as long as I live, that once a week will be a time spent with the Lord and, and spent in peace. And that is really good for my soul. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, ever since 2015, uh, at least one day out of the week, and normally on Friday, I just <clears throat> I get away from everyone and I just be loved. 
called Christ Callers, his beloved. And I don't do anything. I just listen to the Lord. I assess where I am in my heart, in my mind, you know, emotionally. There are some things I just don't even allow my mind to even look at certain things on social media or even text messages. Sometime on Fridays, we got a couple members from Flatline here. No, if the church ain't burning down or somebody that hadn't passed away, it can, it can wait to Saturday, you know. <laughs> and those are the boundaries that I set up just to make sure, um, you know, and I try to exercise. I don't do like I need to, you know, but walking, exercising, spending time with my wife and my children, because uh, that helps my mental as well as, well as her, her mental as well. So those are just boundaries that I set up to make sure I have that good, healthy balance, you know, because I'm a little crazy too. So. I think um, for me, and I do not do this well at all, and I'm still learning and growing and uh, have definitely uh, caused some, um, I guess, burnouts in ministry just from not doing this well. Uh, but I try to not let um, people's emergencies become my emergency. I think when you're working on uh, kind of the front lines with people that are uh, in need of help and sometimes some pretty extreme help, I talk to guys sometimes that they're here today and they're gone tomorrow. And um, so it, it weighs heavy on me if I feel like I don't answer the phone or don't return the call quick enough or don't have the conversation soon enough. Uh, but at the end of the day, I have to r realize and recognize I'm not Superman and I'm not the Savior. Um, Jesus is. So, you know, I think just balancing in that way. Yeah, this is the one that I feel like God is constantly uh, work. I'm, I'm like always having to go, oh yeah, okay. Uh, there's some things, and uh, last year when I spoke, you know, I talked about learning that there is a God and I'm not Him. Uh, and, you know, we were joking about uh, Enneagram personality <laughs> type that we are uh, in the Enneagram, and it's an eight for those of you who know the Enneagram, and translated, it means that we're a lot. Uh, we, we like to be very busy. I joke with my staff. My theme song is a little less conversation, a little more action. And so, and, and y'all, because, right, we have lots of issues. This is a big issue. I mean, I feel a constant sense of urgency to get things done because people's lives are at stake. So that, this is really a challenge for me. And, you know, I have some staff in the room, so I have to be really honest because they know me. Um, but the shalom, the day of rest, what God did this week on Friday, uh, if you looked at my calendar this week, you would be horrified, really, at the amount of stuff. It's the first week of Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, there were multiple things that had to be done, media, all, the legislature was in session. We dropped, I mean, there, a lot. But the previous week, I had taken some time off, and so my attitude going into this week uh, was very different. And so on Friday, I was talking to someone we do leadership and coaching with, and I said, you know, I had all these personnel issues, and it just didn't stress me out, and this was going on. And she's like, you need to make a mental note. Why do you think that happened? And it was absolutely because a couple of things. I had taken some time off. 
So convincing myself that I'm actually more productive when I take a day of rest is really the challenge because I really am in terms of my relationships especially. And then I get to come Wednesday night. Uh, the other thing for me is singing. Uh, those of you who are at Fraser know I sing in the choir. And then I sit between these two ladies and a group of folks that it just gives me such peace to be there because I know if there's anything going on, I can look at them and say, will you pray about this? Charlotte already has her list for this week. Um, and then I, I literally left work on Wednesday and said to people, I'm not fit for human consumption. I'm going home, I'm taking a shower, and I'm going to choir. And by the time I talked to Charlotte, I talked to some other people, uh, and really had that support, it, would, it made all the difference in the world. But this is the hardest thing in the world for me, honestly. <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much. Next question. Where in the Bible do you lead others to when they need comfort or guidance with their mental health? Go <laughs> so I guess you bring a Bible, you go to the preacher, right? Okay. Right. So <laughs> I should know this, right? But um, first, uh, uh, you know, I mean, we've touched on a lot of them today. You know, like David, uh, Psalms 88, Psalms 82. I mean, all the way from Jonah to first to let them know uh, that you're not alone. You know, there are great men in the Bible who's a part of God's story who had the same challenges or stronger challenges that you, than you had. And through Christ, they still had victory. You know, so um, you got Jonah, you got David, you got um, uh, Jeremiah, who was the weeping prophet. You got um, um, uh, uh, all the way down to Jesus, to be honest. When Jesus was in the garden, the Bible said he sweat blood and tears. And this is the son of man. You know, so, and Jesus never sinned, but yet he, he, he struggled with um, anxiety and, and things like that. So it's, you're not, you're not, you're okay if you go through this, you know, because even, even our Lord and Savior went through it, but he had the victory in it so you can have the victory as well. And you might not fully be recovered until you get on the other side of, of heaven, you know, but just keep the faith. We're gonna walk with you. We're gonna get you the help that you need. God created medicine. God created mental institutions. So if you need that, that's part of your healing. Let's get that and, and, and you know, and be just like the victorious men in the Bible that went through the same thing that you're going through right now. Um, so I think it, the people that know me well know that I kind of beat the drum of the sufficiency of scripture, meaning, um, that I believe that the Bible is sufficient, um, to address everything in life and godliness. And, um, so I think when I try to get guys in our program to understand, um, I'm careful not to, uh, just, um, you know, kind of plug verses in. Um, I really want guys to understand uh, the whole of Scripture before, you know, I want to minister the Word of God to their heart before I just, 
you know, hit them with some Bible verses so they understand the narrative of what's going on, the redemptive story of what God has done in sending his son to save us and just from beginning to end, just that whole narrative. Um, but probably if I had to, this was a really difficult question uh, because there's so many places to go because uh, the word of God is, it, it's, it, it gives us so much hope. Um, and uh, I, I think it would be Romans 8 um, and probably more specifically a verse that just I cling to is uh, Romans eight twenty eight. just the reality of, you know, God works all things together for our good and his glory and just really uh, holding on to that because I believe it's true and, and all things literally means all things. Uh, we're going to suffer. We're going to go through difficulties. We're going to uh, go through difficulties mentally, physically, but at the end of the day, we have to trust that we serve a good God who is in complete control and he uses all those things for our good and his glory. I really am going to direct someone to a minister. If I know there's someone coming to me who's really struggling, and uh, particularly if I know that they're a Christian, uh, it's usually going to be, have you talked to your minister, or can I help you find a Christian counselor uh, who can help you work through things? So uh, I'm going to ask him to talk to one of these guys. And... Uh... When I uh, first read the Bible 20 years ago, I've, I've been addicted ever since. Um, and, and the Lord has given me the time to, to study scripture. But I think everybody ought to have some regular check-in that's more than just a devotional. Um, I, I love to recommend J. Vernon McGee through the Bible. You can get the app. He's been, how long has he been dead? 50 years? Um, it doesn't matter. The wisdom out of Scripture is completely timeless. And he has a five-year through the Bible program uh, that's easy to get. Um, Tim Keller's uh, sermons, I think, are just absolutely wonderful. I threatened to write an uh, expose uh, piece, uh, My Wife's Affair with Tim Keller, because she <laughs> sleeps in bed listening to him and, and everything. But, he, you know, he's, he's so gifted at unpacking Scripture. And I would, you know, just recommend getting with somebody that teaches through Scripture for young people, for Gen Zs. I found that they really, uh, that the Proverbs really are kind of written for them and really, really makes sense. And even when they're going through hard times, just to have this truth, this practical truth of the Proverbs spoken into their life is particularly great for young people. So, Thank you. Our last question that I said we would end with is how do we find hope? I think, um, you know, for, for me and my own personal experience and what I've seen so many times is people often, if they're at that point where they're struggling with their faith, uh, working with someone who has lived experience, working, uh, connecting them to someone who has been through that journey already and has come out the other side really successful uh, is something that I think is one very biblical 
uh, we've talked about the scriptures, you know, we are a brother's keeper. And so I think connecting folks, and I tend to think of it like I used to hear in, in a lot in open AA meetings, it's sort of God with skin on it until people can get to that point where their faith is a little stronger. Mm. And so really at the end of the day, hope is always about relationships. And if uh, there's a gentleman in this audience that I was talking to, uh, we've known each other for over 30 years and I met him in an Al-Anon meeting. And even though I had been saved since the time I was 15, I really didn't get it. And he was one of the first people um, that watching him and seeing him and him being really supportive and understanding my journey uh, really helped me see God with skin on it at that time. And that's really what I needed. I've seen so many miracles uh, happen that way with people. Uh, when they can see a person who's really been successful, who's had a successful recovery journey, uh, it can really give them that extra hope that they need to take that next step and power through whatever trial that's going on. Yeah, okay. Well, I would say, um, you know, the Bible tells us in John chapter 16, uh, verse 33, that in this world, we're going to have trials and we're going to have tribulations. But God said, but take courage, I've overcome the world. And we always have to go back to the sovereignty of God, like Jeff said, just Romans 8, 28, John 6, 33. But we also have to be the church to the ones that are struggling with hope, meaning we have to be around them, we have to walk alongside of them, we have to try to be what they need, you know, get them the resources they need, get them in front of the right people, get them in a good, healthy community, like let's take the responsibility and the charge to really help them find hope, because when you're, sometimes when you're in that state, that state of depression, you are hopeless. You know, so they don't feel hope. So the Bible tells us in Galatians that those who are spiritual, we need to go get the ones that are struggling at the moment and bring them back. So I think if the church would take the responsibility of helping the wounded ones and the ones who are struggling in that area, help them find hope, then we'll see a, a, a more positive, more effective change in that regard. So, Yeah, I think... As the church, we have something powerful. Uh, we have a living hope, um, and his name's Jesus. And um, sometimes I think we forget um, being a Christian for so long. I think it uh, becomes uh, not as powerful as it used to uh, be at one time. And sometimes we forget the hopeless state that it is without Christ. And I think we, in this world, we can put our hope in a lot of different things. Before I was a Christian, I put my hope in drugs and sex and money and all these different things that I was able to put some amount of hope in. And at the end of the day, each one of those things I saw, uh, they always failed me. They always left me empty. I uh, love uh, the verse in Jeremiah 2.13 where Jeremiah says, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the living God, and dug for themselves cisterns that hold no water. And I think it's just a, a beautiful picture of, not really beautiful, but it's a sad picture, but it's a picture of, of us. 
uh, all of us, we all put our hope in something. We're hoping to find life and satisfaction and peace in something that is never meant to give us peace and never will give us peace. It's drinking from a broken cup. Uh, that we're trying to satisfy this thirst that's never going to be satisfied. So, you know, we need to just remember that hope is found in Christ, in the person of Christ, and, you know, we can point people to that hope. Um, yeah, that's all. I'm going to back into this weird way. I was uh, sitting in the airport in Charlotte, uh, number of years ago and my wife was with me and I had been working uh, constantly and I was exhausted and I wanted to get home and there was this guy sitting across from me who kept butting into and asking me silly questions and I was reading a book. Now in my family there's like a crime is interrupting somebody reading a book and a felony is telling them the end before they get there. And, and he kept asking me questions and, and he did, wasn't getting the hint. And then he said, uh, what do you do? And I said, I'm a writer. And he said, what do you write? Now he's got me. I said, I'm a Christian writer, which meant I had to start acting like one. And, and he said, Oh, yeah, what do you think? And he pulls out a book. I think it was misquoting Jesus by somebody who his whole job is to trash the church and scripture. He said, what about this? And so I went over and I had just listened to a lecture on, on this particular thing. And I was able to like slam dunk it. Mm. <clears throat> and then he said, well, what about this? And I just reached the end of my uh, ability to slam dunk. And, and I thought for a second, I said, you know, we could sit and argue all day long about whether the Bible is right or wrong. But before I read it, I didn't ha know how to love people at all. Mm. And I not only know that Jesus loves me, but he has taught me how to love other people. And that, that is the hope. And Jesus said that they would know us I think he was particularly talking about in hard times by the way we loved each other. And so not only do I find that solace in that I had somebody that loved me so much they'd die for me, um, but the fellowship of other believers becomes more and more important as I age. So. Thank you all for sitting up here and sharing and being vulnerable with us with your answers. Can we give a round of applause to our panel? Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review wherever you get your podcast. And remember, you can view these episodes on our YouTube channel as well as youtube.com slash Church.